Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hello, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thanks so much for giving the show a download. If you haven't already done so, maybe you just stumbled across this on the website, go ahead and subscribe to the show. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on Stitcher. It's wherever podcasts are available. That is where you will find the exam room by the Physicians Committee. Go ahead and subscribe completely for free. All we ask is that you leave a nice five-star rating and a warm comment if you would be so kind. Now, we've all been there. The dreaded itis. Well, that's what I call it anyway. You may know it better as the cold and flu. It seems like one person gets it at the office and then another and then another. And before you know it, everyone is coming down with it. It is no fun. But there is evidence to suggest that a plant-based diet can actually help to boost the immune system and, in turn, help you escape the wrath (coughs) of the itis while everyone else is feeling kind of crummy. And that is what today's show is all about. What can we eat to keep the cold and the flu at bay? Is it an apple a day? It turns out that there's a lot more to it. And there's a lot more to it than just vitamin C as well. And that's why registered dietitian Maggie Neola will be here to go over the best foods to eat to stay healthy. And as a bonus, a lot of them fight far more than just the cold and the flu. They're cancer fighters. They're diabetes battlers. They're cholesterol kickers. And she's going to tell us which foods are good for what. But we're going to start today with nurse practitioner Gretchen Housel, who's going to break down exactly what the cold and flu viruses are. They're no fun, no kidding, but how does the body respond to each of them individually? Plus, we're going to learn about a vegan flu vaccine, something you might be interested in if you're considering being immunized this winter. And then I'm going to get my flu shot on the show. And from what I've been told, the needle is quite large. So this one, this is going to be interesting. So you ready? (laughs) Kazoontite. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hello, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Uh, Be sure to follow the show on social media. We're at PCRM on Twitter, at Physicians Committee on the Instagram. And me, I'm at Chuck Carroll, WLC, both places. That's Carroll now with two R's, two L's, and the WLC standing for weight loss champion. You know, it's cold outside as we tape this, and that means that cold and flu season is upon us. And a lot of people ask us all the time they write into the show they say hey what are some of the foods that we can eat to help boost our immune system what is going to help keep us healthy this winter and so i said well i think i know just the person to ask about that but let's take it a step further also and talk about some other preventative measures including a a uh, flu shot so with that we welcome from the barnard medical center nurse practitioner gretchen house welcome back to the show gretchen thanks for having me First question for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we associate the flu with being sick, but what exactly is the flu? The flu is caused by the influenza virus, so it's a viral infection, and it circulates when it's cold and there's not a whole lot of humidity in the environment, so that's now. So flu season starts about October, and it lasts all the way through spring, sometimes even into May. So it loves this this kind of cold environment that is hard for the rest of us. And that's the flu, and a cold is different how? 
So there are two different viruses. There's the common cold virus, and then there's the influenza virus. So flu season, flu, it, it's flu is worse than the cold. They have a lot of common symptoms. So a lot of people will have a cough, um, nasal congestion, some, some light muscle aches, that sort of thing between the two. But with flu, it's always a more severe set of symptoms. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And how, how easily can the flu be spread? Because, you know, you hear some years where it's just like, man, everybody and their brother has yeah. the flu, you know? Yeah. So, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, there's a pretty good chance you may have gotten it yourself. So how easily does this thing spread? Well, so it's spread, we think, by droplets. So that is when people who are infected speak, cough, sneeze, and they make those particles, aerosolize, air mm. <laughs> get that word right, into the air, and then it um, infects other people. So that's why it's it's hard to contain, right? And so when you are sick or think you're coming down with something, it's important to keep yourself away from, from other people because you don't, really don't want to inf- infect more people than you have to. <laughs> Didn't I read somewhere where those those droplets, when somebody talks or sneezes, they can travel up to six feet away. I mean, that's from here to the yeah. door, maybe a little bit beyond. Even. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. And I mean, you're riding in an elevator with somebody and they, and they sneeze, they talk to you, they say hello, chances are you're within six feet of them. So... Not to make us all germaphobes, but... No. <laughs> you recently gave a presentation here to the entire staff at the yeah. Physicians Committee and everybody upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center about the flu. And one of the, the phrases in there that caught my eye was that it evolves rapidly. What yeah. do you mean by that? Well, that's why we need a new flu vaccine every single year. And even during the flu season itself, so October through early spring, the flu virus is always evolving. Um, It's just like everything else in nature, and it moves fast. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a natural selection process, survival of the fittest, the the viruses that have a mutation that allow them to um, propagate and to be more successful. Those are the ones that win out. And so we see there's definitely within a season, there's some evolution. And then also between seasons, that's why we need the whole new new set of uh, flu vaccines. So the virus evolves, it spreads. Um, but I think that a lot of people are like, eh, it's just the flu. I'll be okay. But talk to me yeah. about the numbers behind this. Because I, I know yeah. that in your presentation, when you told us how many people die every year from the flu. I was like, whoa, really? Yeah, yeah, it is actually very, very shocking. So there was um, an article that came out in the Associated Press earlier this year, and someone from the CDC was quoted as saying, we estimate that for last flu season, so this, um, so we're currently in the 2020-19 season, but last flu season, 17 to 18, they estimate that 80,000 people died from influenza and pneumonia combined. So a lot of people say, well, you know, that's both of them together. However, pneumonia is a common cause of, uh, influenza is a common cause of pneumonia. And so it's really hard to tease out those two. But yeah, 80,000 people, which is one of our worst worst flu seasons in recent history. I believe I saw somewhere, uh, maybe this was from the CDC or something, uh, some reputable organization like that, the flu was actually the eighth leading cause of death in the U.S. Yeah. in, what, two years ago? Yeah, yeah, wow. abs- absolutely. Eighth leading cause of death. Think about that. Right. Top ten. And, it, and, it's and, huge. Oh, it's just the flu. No, right. it's the right. flu. 
So most of those deaths are in older individuals. Right. So I have, you know, patients all day long. They're 30, 40, 50 years old, happy, healthy, no chronic diseases. And they say, oh, I don't need my flu vaccine. And I say, yeah, but you're, you're helping protect other people by getting that vaccine. So mm-hmm. you're helping protect older people that maybe aren't going to get a vaccine. And you're also helping the younger children, too. So kids less than six months old can't get a flu shot. And so, you know, anything we can do to help protect them and help prevent the spread of the virus is helpful. Who else is most at risk? Uh, you said the elderly and, and children, I would imagine, are, are fairly susceptible yeah. to it. But who, who, who else? Pregnant women are also, um, while they're pregnant, and then even after they deliver. So they're an important population that we want to help protect. Anyone with any chronic diseases, so if you have underlying lung disease, um, if you have any reason why that your immune system may not be quite up to snuff, or you may suffer more severe complications of um, the influenza virus, then you should definitely consider getting the flu vaccine. Do we know why pregnant women are are more susceptible to it? Is there just a lower immune system overall at that point? I think part of it has to do with, you know, when you're pregnant and you're quite large, right? Your lungs can't quite inflate as much. Um, And a lot of, you, you need that to help protect your lungs. And so it can further lead to complications. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also things like, you know, just when pregnant women are ill, are, we just have to be much more careful with them. So it just leads to more hospitalizations and things like that. Let's talk about the, the vaccine here. Um, one of the things that I didn't realize really up until just even a few weeks ago was that not all flu vaccines are created equal and that not all flu vaccines are exactly vegan. Why, yeah. why is that the case? Well, so viruses in general, they kind of bridge this. Are they alive or are they dead? Right. They're basically just some genetic material surrounded in an envelope, a capsid, and they need a host in order to to um, reproduce in order to survive. So by themselves, they don't do a, a whole lot. And so they um, in order to create the flu vaccine, we need a way to help them replicate. Right. And so we need something that's acts as a, a host for them. And so traditionally, that's been eggs. We mm-hmm. used to use a lot of chicken eggs to produce every vaccine. So every single dose, use one or two chicken eggs. And now we have other methods to produce um, a faster amount of vaccines. And it uses a continuous cell line. Um, depending on the manufacturer, the, the type of flu vaccine, they'll use army worms or canine kidney cells, they basically need some sort of living cell in order for the virus to be able to replicate so we can then put it in vaccines to give it to people. The one that would be more vegan friendly this year is called flu block. Is that that correct? What is that? And is it as effective as the ones that have been created using those chicken eggs? Yeah, yeah. So flu block, um, they don't use eggs in the production process Mm -hmm. at all. They use a continuous line of armyworm cells to produce the vaccine. And there's actually some evidence because they have tighter controls over that production process that it actually may be more effective than the traditional uh, vaccine. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to think about maybe getting one of those. That's a great idea. Um, I guess then the natural question is a lot of people think, well, you get the flu shot, and then you can get the flu from the flu shot. Is that the case? No. So the flu vaccine doesn't contain live flu virus, so okay. it cannot make you sick. Um, it can't make you sick with the flu um, virus. Right. I tell a lot of people because so many people will say, oh, I got the flu shot and then I got sick. Well, 
we give you the flu shot around flu, cold and flu season. So chances are that you might come down with something shortly thereafter. That's one possibility. Mm-hmm. But we also know that when people get the vaccine for a couple days after, they often feel like a headache, kind of achy, sometimes a sore throat. Um, but the CDC, actually, they did a randomized blinded trial, or they, they cite a randomized blind trial, where they gave people a saltwater injection and an inactivated flu vaccine. And they found that the people that got the flu vaccine, their arms hurt a little bit more than sure. the salt water. But as far as headaches, muscle aches, that was actually the same between the two groups. What, what, what is that called? Being psychosomatic or something like that? <laughs> it, it's called somebody put a needle in your arm. Right, right. Okay. Um, so we've got the vaccine covered. Uh, the thing that I love about this show is we're always talking about food. I yeah. love food. And, um, you know, when I was still 420 pounds, obviously food to me was not any medicine except for mental medicine because it made me feel good. It was like that warm yeah. blanket. Um, but now, like, food is medicine. Like, you use it to get healthy, use it to stay healthy right. and, and prevent so many things down the line. And uh, one of the cool things about what you eat is that you really can't give the uh, the old immune system a, a regular boost there, can't you? Yeah, I mean, it's the whole phrase, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Mm. I think right now, cold and flu season is a really great time to focus on healthy nutrition. So fruits and vegetables full of antioxidants, um, whole grains, legumes, all really great stuff. Um, so all these plant chemicals that are in them help to make your immune system work a little bit better. And the other piece of it too is getting rest sleep is also very very important right, for maintaining course. a good immune system keeping your stress levels over the holiday season at an appropriate level is also important good luck with that one yes i mean i, I don't care who you are good luck with that right i'm just saying um <laughs> one of the things that i love about this this office is that there's so much literature readily available, not just at the doctor's office upstairs at the Barnard yeah. Medical Center, but certainly like even right outside the studio here. And one of the charts that I love referencing is is one that says, eat the nutrition rainbow or follow right. the nutrition rainbow. Right. And it goes down the list and it talks about the health benefits of the various colored foods. And a lot of them go right yeah. back to the yeah. immune system. So, you know, if we take a look at the dark orange foods, you know, you're talking about things like carrots and yams, sweet potatoes, mm-hmm. even mangoes. You like mangoes? I love mangoes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not exactly mango season, <laughs> but they're still delicious. You know, um, I know from doing this show and, and looking at that chart that they're filled with uh, beta carotene, which is like, that is a super, super deluxe antioxidant. Right. And that is, yes, the technical term, super deluxe antioxidant. Um, definitely gives a boost to the immune system. But what about the, the foods that are like yellowish orange? Maybe not that deep, dark orange. Yeah, but... foods that are higher in vitamin C. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, those are all, all great things, and all of these phytochemicals have, have protective properties in helping your, your body function well. Phytochemicals. Flavonoids. See, I know that also because this is on the nutrition rainbow chart, and, and right. we're, we're going right. to link off to this. because Good. Really, it's a great one. Everybody should be printing this out. I mean, it goes down the list. Then yeah. you have red foods, lycopene. You a fan of lycopene? Of course. We talk about lycopene on I the show. I love ketchup. Actually, <laughs> who doesn't? You know, when I was still overweight, that that was a vegetable in many, many a dinner. Let me tell you what. 
Um, anyway, the lycopene, that's an antioxidant that, correct me if I'm wrong, um, can not only boost immune uh, function, but for men, it reduces the risk of prostate cancer. Yes, yes, absolutely. Maybe not in ketchup form. We would probably just encourage tomatoes and, and things like that. But exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> Depends I don't, how much ketchup I don't think you're ketchup, eating. <laughs> ketchup is, is a great thing. It's a wonderful condiment. I just don't know that it's going to save your life. Right. Uh, white green foods is another one. We're talking about garlic, onions, chives, and asparagus. I, I mean, how cool is that? You eat garlic and you're fighting cancer and you're yeah. boosting the immune system, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And you do it in the acute sense, right, of like we're trying to prevent cold and flu and then in the chronic disease sense. Yeah. So it's always – I tell people all day long the same diet that we recommend for this, we recommend for that. We recommend for that. Really, it's a, the whole foods plant-based diet has innumerable beneficial effects. And so, yeah. What about the kings of healthy eating? Your dark leafy greens, your spinach, your yeah. kale, your collards. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly high levels of vitamin C in a lot of those as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's also a lot of protein in them as well. So I, I think for the the amount of calories that are in leafy greens, mm -hmm. there is an abundance of nutrition. So calorie for calorie, those those leafy greens have more nutrition than anything else. Awesome. And again, we're going to link off to this uh, on the show uh, on the show webpage, pcrm.org slash podcast. We'll go down. We'll break it out like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, what they're good for, blueberries, purple grapes, how they're going to help your And they're beautiful system. too, right? And Right. Like you, you eat all this stuff. You're eating the rainbow and you're really helping to work off those colds, those flus, yeah. but cancer, diabetes, right. lowering cholesterol, like right. lower overall risk of mortality, like so much good can come from eating those red purple foods, the blue foods, the green foods, the orange foods, wonderful stuff. It is. And you it is. Uh, are wonderful as well. So Thank I know that you. you are pressed for time. So uh, I want to hit pause down here. Sure. And I think I, I'm going to go and I'm going to ask you to give me a flu shot. Are, are you up for that? Can you do that? I am. Yes. We All can right. just do that right upstairs. All right. So we're going to go upstairs to the Barnard Medical Center and do that. And by the way, if you would like to make an appointment, if you live in the D.C. area, check it out. BarnardMedical.org. That is the website to go to. You can make an appointment to see Gretchen or uh, any one of the fine doctors, Dr. Niebuhr, um, nutritionists, dietitians, Lee Crosby, Susan Levin. Anyway, everybody's up there. BarnardMedical.org. Flu shot time. Let's do it. Okay, so here we are in the actual exam room. The first time we've taken the show up to an actual exam room. We have this wonderful doctor's office up two floors from where the studio is, the Barnard Medical Center. And now, after talking all about the flu shot, becoming an expert on it, I think it's time to get one, Gretchen. I think that's a great idea. All right, so what do we have here? What, what are we going to do? Walk so, me through this process. So we have the flu block vaccine okay. here, single mm -hmm. dose for you. So I'm just going to give this to you and put it in the container. It's not a multi-dose vial. Multi-dose vials are when they... They require a preservative. That's the whole mercury controversy. So okay. this doesn't have any sort of preservatives, no mercury, no nothing, anything like that, except for what you want. And uh, how high up do I need to roll this sleeve? Pretty high up. Pretty high all up? the way. All the way? As, as high as you can get it there. Get ready for, to... the, for the show. <laughs> when uh, This is about the time when I would get very nervous about getting a shot. I used to be a needle a needle-phobe. Not anymore. So I'm kind of looking forward to this, sort of, maybe. That's a, Good. That's a real needle. That is a real needle. That's a so real needle. It's going to go in my arm. She's getting just the right position. All right. So on the count of three, one, two, three. Yo. Mm-hmm. 
That is delicious. Actually, that wasn't bad at all. One, two, three, lickety-split. I honestly, I thought I was going to scream just for the fun of it, but I didn't even feel it. There wasn't so much as a pitch. You have wonderful technique. Oh, thank you. No, thank you, <laughs> believe me, because uh, this could have gone many other ways, but no, you, you nailed this. You have the gift. <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm part of a secret club now. Good, That's good. Awesome. You're protected. Gretchen, thank Mostly you. so. <laughs> thank you for the lesson. Thank sure. you for the vaccine. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Continuing here on the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hello, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, still here, and uh, thank you for taking us along with wherever it is that you are, whether you're listening in the car, whether you're out on a walk, a run, at the gym, whichever. We just thank you so very much for listening and subscribing. And um, little education this week. We're talking about foods that can help boost the immune system. I'm just back from uh, upstairs. I got my, my flu block, flu shot. Uh, and uh, not gonna lie, my arms are a little bit a little bit sore. But Gretchen did say that that was a possibility that could happen. Nothing to really worry about. I've had way worse. Like, yeah, you know, as a kid, you know, I, I I don't know. Maybe the guys listening know this. Like, you know, other boys would just come up and just like hit you in the arm randomly, and they're like, ha ha ha, dead arm. And you know, it's like that only less. Anyway, that's kind of weird. So let's move on. Foods. Immune system. How can you ward off a cold, a flu, lower your risk of cancer, all of that good stuff based off of what it is that you eat? What's on your plate? How can you help yourself? Well, let's dive a little bit deeper into that. And for that, we welcome from the Barnard Medical Center, registered dietitian and a personal friend of mine, Maggie Neola. Thanks for coming back to the show, Maggie. Thank you. Uh, obviously, as a dietitian, you got to buy into this whole food as medicine theory, right? Totally. Yeah. And it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Highly support it. Food is medicine. It's important to eat all the colors of the rainbow, not just because it looks pretty and it's fun to eat, but because there's actually nutrition benefits behind all the different colors. It's funny that you mentioned the rainbow. Uh, Gretchen and I talked just slightly a, a little bit about this chart that we have, uh, the eat the rainbow or follow the nutrition rainbow chart. I've mm -hmm. seen it. I think it's probably upstairs in the clinic. And it is. I know certainly we, we have it here as well. Really colorful. I, I'm, I'm drawn to this chart because as I was telling Maggie, like it lays out, you know, the various colors of foods and what each of those colors does for you, what the health benefit is. Mm -hmm. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, it's it's uh, available in poster form or you can get it as a handout. One of our most popular pieces that people pick up at different conferences we attend. Mm. So, It's because it's so brightly it's colored. It's so beautiful. It is. It is cool. <laughs> Did you help put it together? No, it's been around longer. Well, I'm going to give you me. credit anyway. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, let's let's talk about colors, huh? Yeah, let's let's, let's do it. Uh, let's I think you know, we talked a little bit about this with uh, Gretchen, but just to rehash, maybe dive mm -hmm. a little bit deeper. Dark orange foods—that's one that we hear a lot about. You mm -hmm. hear dark orange, and you think beta carotene. What's the benefit there? Right. So your sweet potatoes, your carrots, all that good stuff. Those have beta carotene, like you say, mm -hmm. which is a precursor to vitamin A. So we often think of that as being good for your vision, which it is, but it's also supports your immune system. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of benefits to vitamin A, more than one. Is that why when I was a kid, uh, my grandfather always said that if I ate a carrot, it would make my eyes sparkle. Is it Was that his way of saying that? Mm-hmm. That's his, his lay people terms. Yes. Right. <laughs> now, Grant, it, that was like the... 
I don't know. The softest thing that my grandfather ever said, that's the, that's the only way that I know how to phrase it. Because outside of that, he was this hardcore Marine. Like his whole life, oh. Semper Fi, do or die. This is granddaddy. Mm-hmm. And then he eat a carrot, snap, make your eyes sparkle. I was like, yeah. Granddaddy's using great. the word sparkle. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just going to go play outside now. Granddaddy, you're scaring me. I don't know who you are anymore. Uh <laughs> What about your uh, not-so-dark-orange foods, like an orange, per se? Mm-hmm. Okay, so vitamin C. We all know we want to load up on vitamin C when we're feeling sick. However, the interesting part about that is you want to space it out throughout your day because you can't absorb it all at once. Mm. Uh, so, anyway, that's a side fact. But uh, vitamin C is also an antioxidant, which is cool, mm-hmm. and that's going to help inhibit tumor cell growth. So you'll find that not just in oranges and citrus, uh, like grapefruits and lemons. You also find it in papayas and peaches. And though this doesn't fit this color, strawberries also have vitamin C. I do love a good peach. Mm-hmm. Georgia peaches, man. That's legit. Yes. Um, real quick, when you talk about that, I think I read somewhere that if you have a cold and you load up on vitamin C um, at that point, like, is it too late? Can you really drink enough orange juice to, like, flush out a cold? That's a good question. I mean, at some point, it's not as effective, but it's it's good to have it on a daily basis all the time. Right. Right. So you're constantly fueling your body with a necessary vitamin. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, red foods. You know, uh, Gretchen was joking that uh, ketchup, ketchup has health properties. It uh, does. It actually kind of, a little bit, a little bit. Choking. But joking. it kind of does. But uh, <laughs> it, it, okay. Okay. Okay, cooked okay. tomatoes. Break it down. Cooked Break it tomatoes. Down for me. All right. So I would rather you get this form of lycopene, that antioxidant from, you know, diced cooked tomatoes as opposed to ketchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> red foods have lycopene. It's more bioavailable, which means you absorb it better in a cooked form with tomatoes, and that reduces your risk for prostate cancer. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But you also find this in watermelon. So okay. yay for watermelon in the summer and guava if you're able to access that fruit underrated guava Guava. i mean you really you don't see it that often in uh-huh. the grocery it's it's not like apples and oranges and bananas and grapes and strawberries things that are always there mm. but when the guava is there maggie grab the guava grab the guava Get some lycopene <laughs> yeah, so good um White green foods. This is this is this is one that I, I wasn't expecting. You know, it's it's not exactly on that Royage Biv scale. Yeah. Um, yep. But white green foods, nonetheless, uh, those those two are some uh, healthy healthy foods. Right. So we're talking about garlic, onions, chives, asparagus, and these destroy cancer cells. Mm. So definitely a good thing to load up on, and also, they're flavorful. Also immune boosting. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. So uh, kind of sensing a theme as we continue going down the chart. Mm-hmm. Eat this stuff, eat the rainbow, get that immune system, you know, just running in tip-top condition. Yes. That's your best chance at uh, escaping the old cold and flu this season. Totally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You got it. Mm -hmm. Picking up quick. Nonetheless, and and we're only halfway through. I know. This is is the big one, the the granddaddy of all all the colors, dark green. Yes. So you're thinking kale and spinach and collards and arugula. Keep going. There's so many leafy greens out there. Right cabbages, all that good stuff. So uh, these dark green leafies are really rich in folate, uh, which is building healthy cells and genetic material in your body. Mm -hmm. Um, Does have some vitamin C as well, but don't want to 
ever think that this is the only vegetable you should eat. A lot of people think, oh, I just have to eat my greens. But yes, you should eat greens on a daily basis. But don't forget, there's so many other colors, too. Right. Uh, what's your favorite leafy green? My favorite leafy yeah, green? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I like collards quite a bit. Really? I think they're really fun, although I, I still need to experiment with them to figure out the best method of cooking. I was considered collards to be a southern food. Are you from the south? No. No. Not even close. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not it. No. Not it. Where are you from? I'm from Ohio. Cleveland. Definitely not a southerner. Mm-mm. But I think what's interesting about collards is that they are very uh, firm, and so you can use them as wraps, and that's kind of fun. You can blanch them really quickly and then fill it with, like, your hummus and other vegetables right, and roll right. it up, and you've got a really easy snack or part of your lunch. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What What if you're doing it as, like, a side dish? You know, you mm-hmm. serve it. A lot of people do it with Thanksgiving, say. You know, how, oh, yeah. How would you do it with your collards? So I think you would saute them with, like, garlic and onions, maybe a squeeze of lemon juice at the end. Usually you cook those a lot longer to soften them because mm-hmm. they are very chewy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yes, they are, man. <laughs> I remember, it's like my grandma, when she would cook i mean she would put those collards on like she'd wake up and put them on and, i know it's and, like, weird cook them down yeah goes for a while i haven't done that yet but i want to try it oh man the, the cool thing that i remember about this and it, it's been many years since i was in grandma's kitchen she would buy i mean just it, it, as a kid it seemed like a like a vaughn size garbage bag that you would fill with leaves but it was filled with collard greens and put this all into a pot and you would think my god we're gonna have like collard greens for days and days and days but it cooks down to like nothing it does like where did it all go Mm -hmm. it drives me nuts actually because people like they only put like a little handful of spinach in something i'm like you realize that's gonna go from this big to like a little little small amount. Yeah. So level them up. Like when you're cooking them, they throw in a lot because oh, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm dead serious when I say this. Like if I'm sautéing baby spinach, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I'll uh, get that pre-washed bag, man, and I will use virtually that entire bag because it does. It just cooks down. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know that there's spinach in there. And one handful, it isn't going to do it. Nope. Uh, where do we leave off? So we talked about dark green. What about green white? Green white. Don't confuse that with white green. <laughs> so broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, that group of foods, kind of a lot of your cruciferous vegetables mm-hmm. there. So we all know that those are really good cancer fighters. This, these specifically eliminate excess estrogen and carcinogens. Estrogen is a hormone in your body. You just don't want it to be too much. So it helps keep that nice balance. And that's because it has antioxidants called indole and lutein. There you go. Mm-hmm. See, this too is on the chart. Uh, blue foods, man. I love blueberries. Like I love blueberries in my oatmeal. I love blueberries by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I love blueberries in a smoothie if I'm doing that. Like I'm just a blueberry fanatic. I'm mm-hmm. a blueberry guy. Uh, they're good for you. They, they too uh, have some serious antioxidant power, don't they? Yeah. So that class of antioxidants is called anthocyanins. They make them blue. All right. Time out. Say that again three Antho- times fast. Anthocyanin, anthocyanin, antho- anthocyanins. Ah, two and a half times. <laughs> I'll give you credit anyway. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so those destroy the free radicals. And when you hear free radical, you're like, what is that? So if you were to picture like a dog not being on a leash running around all over wreaking havoc, that's a free radical in your body. Ah. So it's just creating a bunch of inflammation and damage. And you'd want some of them. They're actually helpful to some respect, believe it or not. You just don't want too many. Gotcha. So eat your blueberries, purple grapes, and plums. Uh, red-purple foods along kind of the same lines mm-hmm. come with their own health benefits. Yeah, so resveratrol is that antioxidant. A lot of times people think, I'm just going to drink red wine. You could just eat the grape. It's in the skin. It's actually probably better to do it that way. Anyway, um, so... Going with that, you get grapes, berries, and plums. 
brown foods. Brown foods. Okay, so <laughs> sort of a funny category. But anyway, yeah, I'm thinking of this as being like your whole grains and legumes, beans and lentils. They're not all brown, but that category is super high in fiber. Those food groups, uh, which help remove carcinogens, essentially taking up any carcinogens in your GI tract and taking it out with. Here's uh, the cool thing. Uh, as as I say with uh, all of your colleagues upstairs, uh, you're you're not just a voice on the podcast. Uh, you are an actual practicing dietitian and people can come and they can meet with you up at the barnard medical center yes they can please uh, do barnardmedical.org if you're in the washington dc area or uh once again pen paper jot it down i'll wait got it good 202-527-7500 is the phone number to call and make an appointment again 202-527-7500 i would imagine that there are a number of people that would come in and they just they're always sick with colds and flus and maybe you've worked with some people uh like that in the past if somebody comes in and and you know they've had a cold or a flu like two or three times already this year like Mm -hmm. what do you what do you do for them what can they expect yeah, so it's it's important to kind of look through, one, what are you eating on a daily basis? Are you eating these colorful foods? Are you eating things that create more inflammation? Uh, that's one part of it. Also, a lot of it has to do with sleep and stress and exercise, your whole lifestyle. So we talk about that. And your past medical history, maybe you have decreased immune function. So we'd want to explore, you know, have you had cancer in the past or what other factors are contributing to your immune health at this time? And as I always say, the best part about the Barnard Medical Center they take all major insurance. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right, boys and girls. Barnardmedical.org, 202-527-7500. And uh, before we go, a little, little more housekeeping. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you get your audio from. That's where you can find the show. More than a million people in the first year have already watched us, listened to us, and we cannot thank you enough. It's so important to us that we continue to spread this message about nutrition and medicine and talking about things like the nutrition rainbow and following it and how various foods can help fight off various diseases. I mean, fascinating stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I love about the show, Maggie, is mm-hmm. that you really do learn so much. Yeah, food is powerful. There's so much to say about it. It's cool. So uh, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Leave a five-star rating and a nice comment if you would be so kind. And uh, most importantly, share it with a friend, share it with a family member uh, who you think might uh, be able to benefit from it. So uh, Maggie Neola from the Barnard Medical Center, you are a wonderful friend and one heck of a dietitian. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And if you don't know, now you know. Pretty cool show today, huh? Lots to digest there. Pardon the pun. I want to share a story with you before we go. The other day I was speaking with a plant-based dietitian here in the office, and she told me that she almost didn't become an RD. She almost changed her course of study in school because she wasn't seeing a lot of progress with her patients at the time. She said that she would see a cholesterol drop of five points or so, but she didn't feel that that was statistically significant. But then she began to research plant-based diets. She stumbled upon it, and she found that those results for lowering cholesterol were, in fact, very significant. And now, if you've listened to the show for any length of time or have done some independent studies, you're seeing stories of people who have been on statins for years being able to come off of those medications. Even my cholesterol, I was, I was never on cholesterol medication, but 
believe me, it was up there when I was 420 pounds. But I had Dr. Steve Niebuhr from the Barnard Medical Center tell me that my cholesterol was now one of the lowest that he has ever seen. And personally, just speaking personally here, I attribute 100% of that to the plant-based diet. That's just something to kind of keep in mind, something that you might want to talk about with your friends and your family if they're looking to begin to clean up their health and try to find an alternative to medications to lower cholesterol. Maybe what they've been doing hasn't been working. Plant-based diet may not be the worst thing in the world to explore. Of course, you know, another benefit that we've learned today is that adopting that plant-based diet can also boost the immune system. It can help ward off the cold, ward off the flu, so you don't have to sound like, because <coughs> that's no fun. If you haven't already done so, again, please go ahead and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. That's where you'll find the exam room by the Physicians Committee, completely free to go ahead and subscribe. And also, social media plugs, at PCRM and at Physicians Committee for Twitter and Instagram. Me, good for both Twitter and Instagram, at Chuck Carroll, WLC, Carroll, two R's, two L's, WLC, as always, standing for weight loss champion. So for everybody here at the Physicians Committee, I want to thank you so very much for listening to the exam room. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. We'll talk to you next time.